And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. We'll embarrass a few people, just not me. Embarrass <laughs> anybody you want except for me. And, you know, just it's kind of fun that we don't know much about each other other than the email exchanges yep. and our mutual connections. It turns out to be a lot. It's a lot, yeah. <laughs> so let's just jump in. It's like magic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm going to welcome Abby Sugar to the podcast, to the Brave Maker podcast. And this is episode 45. I had to check what number this was because I wasn't really sure. So episode 45, Brave Maker podcast. Today we're talking with Abby Sugar. Is that your real name? It is my real name, How'd actually. How'd you get stoked with a sugar for a last name? Well, it's actually a cute, sto- cute whatever story. My grandfather came over from Poland okay. through Ellis Island in 1919. Cool. And his last name was Zucker, which is sugar, sugar. in Polish. Okay, I recognize um, that word from the Latin, um, like zucchero from Italian. So okay, yeah, but it was changed to Ellis Island. So oh, so they changed it to sugar. Oh, yeah, right on. but not Sugarman or not other things. So pretty yeah. cool. And if people have ever been to Ellis Island, I'm a, I live in New York. I've been a New Yorker for 14 years, uh-huh. and I think that going to Ellis Island and going to the museum is just such an incredible experience. It's really well done, and if you have family. You can find their can names on the list. So yeah. did you find... Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. That is the Very coolest cool. thing. Yeah. Have you watched the HBO show Watchmen before? You know, recently? I haven't had a chance. Okay. Um, but my dad loves it. Okay. They had yeah. this really cool scene where they're looking up ancestors on this computer. And I've never been to Ellis Island. So I wondered, is there a computer when you go to Ellis Island? How does it work with finding... So this was like 10 years ago that I okay. that I went and visited the museum. Um, at the time, it was all just paper records. A paper? Oh yeah. Because it's so wow. old school. Yeah. It's really cool. It's recommend it for sure right on. Yeah, yeah okay well you're at the brave maker headquarters because we have some mutual connections a friend of mine a shout out to sheila Separo, yeah who said you gotta meet abby she's a brave maker and normally this podcast we talk to creators filmmakers writers actors directors but you have a really cool story you're an entrepreneur you're a, a founder of a company that we'll get to and again you're from the east coast born in michigan though yes ann arbor yes. michigan yes then you spent time on the east coast and you're in california let's just get to that to do a program called founders is that right yeah so i'm in california just for four months and it sounds like a long time but it's already i'm already a month in yeah it's gonna go like that um doing a program called the founder institute very cool Um, tell us about it yeah so it's pre-seed and seeds like idea and growth stage startups um and so my 
my co-founder, Elizabeth Leifer. Um, also, because we're a queer company, I use she, her pronouns. My co-founder uses he, she, they pronouns. So if you hear me slip in and out of multiples, mm-hmm. they're all applicable. I have that as a point of conversation because we've talked about pronouns on here before. I know. I've listened to yeah. your podcast. Yeah. And so I feel like as if I'm still learning and we have a lot of queer people who are a part of Brave Maker and that is something that I, I want to get better at and I want to help educate people. Yeah. So I want to I get there. Well, come back to that. And the other thing that's really exciting for me about being here is, you know, when you were introducing me, you were saying that you usually talk to creatives in terms of like visual representation, right? Mm -hmm. Film and storytelling. And even though, I mean, we do do some film actually in our community. We do interviews with members of our community and talk about their experiences with inclusion and diversity and sort of judgments and stereotypes mm-hmm. and how we fight against that and come together as a larger queer community mm-hmm. is what we try to repre- represent and talk to people about. Um, and so even though we're not telling like films and arcs of stories, mm-hmm. um, what we do with our our messaging and our photography and our imagery mm-hmm. is try and strive to have that massive representation. For sure. And that's why I felt like you would be a good person to sit in this chair because we want to make sure it fits in our vision and brand. Yeah. And it's a, it's a unique way that it fits. And I, I looked at your stuff. I looked at, like you said, the messaging and the visuals and I, and you know, Brave Maker exists to elevate brave stories for justice, diversity, and inclusion. Yeah. And, this, and this is good. And you haven't said this, but it's fashion basically. It's, yes, it it's, is fashion. You're creating a unique <laughs> brand of fashion. Yeah. And for us, and part of what's so exciting about being here in the Bay Area and at a startup accelerator at the Founder Institute is that for us, like queer fashion is who we are. Um, My business partner and I, we've been doing this for a number of years. They come from 20 years of experience in the fashion industry. And it's only in about the past four or five years that you are seeing queer representation, first of all, but also inclusive representation in terms of size yeah, like and that. ability. Yeah. yeah. But it's only in the like, you know, it's only in the 21st century that we even started seeing non-white models in high mm. fashion. Which is unbelievable so, to yeah. think about that. It's crazy. I mean, you know, humans are extremely multifaceted and diverse. And so that's what we are committed to to showing and like being here in the Bay Area and being accepted. Like I always run around being like, we are so queer. Like my partner <laughs> and I are just so gay um, and having gotten accepted into something that's more mainstream, if you will, I'll use air quotes on that, okay. such as a startup like Silicon incubator. Valley incubator. Exactly. Right, yeah. Right. And I was a little bit nervous. I was like, how do I fit into this mm-hmm. um, East Coast, super, super gay company making a, a physical product. So I think, you know, I haven't said it yet or you've mentioned fashion. So what we make play out apparel is we make gender equal underwear and athleisure. Um, Ooh, I never heard that word before. Athleisure. Athleisure. You've cool. never heard that word? I never. It's what all the kids are wearing the these kids days. Kids are wearing yeah. athleisure. Yeah. Okay. Because, because it's like they can be casual, but it's also athletic wear. Exactly. Which is what my daughters, my daughters are always wearing their yoga pants and stuff. Exactly. And I'm like, this That's is exactly like what, what it is. They're wearing. Like, yeah. It's wild. Just as normal day to day. Normal day. Apparel. Yeah. Athleisure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, LGBTQ focused, gender equal. Uh Um, and so coming out here, having gotten accepted to the program, you know, everyone, I think in whatever they do, especially if it's a creative thing, especially if you're forging your own path, 
maybe has some imposter syndrome sure. going on. Oh, man. And so when I first got accepted, I, you know, was saying to, to my co-founder, I was like, but, but they know that we make super gay stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they know that we're considered tech-enabled because we're e-commerce, but we're not a tech company, and I'm going to Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit nervous about that, but... You know, the way that I've always lived my life is I decide to do something and I do it for mm-hmm. better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... The brave maker way. <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah. And so I was like, well, because I, when I first started this company, I did not have a fashion background and I just learned what I needed to learn to make mm-hmm. it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coming out here, I was like, well, you know, actually, I, I hope that being different makes me stand out instead of just being another tech company coming in, wanting to talk to investors, having another iteration of some, you know, app or some software or whatever. I'm like, no, like there's some, some crazy stuff happening. And Mm -hmm. they, they, they accepted me in the program. So they know that I'm making some super gay clothing. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) we're going to have to dive into what does it mean to be super gay? So, well, first off, I wanted to, I was looking up on our podcast on episode 31, Liz Manischel, who's a filmmaker, who's uh, done a, brand, a bunch of feature films at this point. We screened one of them called The Speed of Life. When we were talking on the podcast, she was talking about inclusion, and she added the all sizes mm-hmm. sense. And you know, so it's interesting because for me, my my understanding continues to broad, and I always felt like okay, diversity inclusion was ages, was ethnicities, was sexual orientations. But then she said sizes, and she said she casts people with of all sizes. I thought that is really fascinating. And then you mentioned that. And if you scroll on your Instagram and look at all your models, they are all different sizes. And I think it's really, really beautiful to, like I was talking with my daughters about this last night, because my 10 year old, when I said something about justice, diversity, inclusion, she brought up the fact that mannequins are changing. Now, yes. Like yeah. in Target and stuff. Absolutely. There are all size mannequins. And so how did this I mean, so anybody who's started anything or considers themselves an entrepreneur is always kind of faced with what problem are we going to solve in the world? What were the problems that you were seeing and how did they come to your attention? Yeah. And that's such a good question. And I think that when you, when you create a product or you create a company, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. And if you're not, it's too hard. It's not worth doing. right? Right. And so I think people that are solving a problem for themselves really have the most passion behind them because it's Mm. something that you need and you want to exist in the world because you're your target audience because you're going to use it. So for my co-founder and I, that is absolutely true. Um, And this was a number of years ago when I first started, I had the idea and I first started doing research. In the past four or five years, the conversation around LGBTQ awareness and um, rights and social just energy has has changed, has broadened, has expanded, and it's in a really positive way, um, and representation as well. But that also goes is true for fashion, being aware of, of the conversation around, around LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just seven years ago, right, 2013, 2014, that wasn't the case. Um, and so what this, what my company came out of was the hyper-gendered styles that were offered and existed in especially underwear and lingerie. Um, So my friends and I, you know, looking around, you have a lot, a lot of men's underwear brands. 
um, things like To Exist or Andrew Christian, which is a you know gay underwear company, but really like gay men, like very very sexiness, hypergendered in that way. But those that those styles of underwear being um, like trunks or boxer briefs for men with really cool graphics, bright colors, bold designs, that type of thing, and then you know, seven years ago, Victoria's Secret. They're, they're not so much the leaders in, in underwear anymore. Um, there's a lot of indie labels in the last four or five years that have taken more market share. But, you know, everyone thinks of Victoria's Secret for women's underwear mm-hmm. and women's lingerie. And we all know they're angels and they're hypersexualized <laughs> yeah, women. Sassy, sassy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and besides that imagery, it was a lot of pastel colors, lace, pink, and flowers. And so I had a lot of friends, and, you know, still true to this day because there aren't a lot of brands doing what we're doing, but a lot of friends who were assigned female at birth or identify as female buying and wearing men's underwear because that's what they were comfortable in because it affirmed their gender expression, right? It was the style that they wanted. They, they were not lace girly girls and felt really uncomfortable. Mm. And even though underwear is something that is under your clothes, so no one except maybe your intimate partner is seeing it, mm-hmm. um, you want to feel good in it. Like mm-hmm. if you don't feel good about the first thing that you put on, then you don't have the confidence to go about the rest of your day or to move through the world even. Um, and so I had a lot of friends and a previous partner who would buy men's underwear and wear it, but it looked bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it made them feel better. It made them feel better, but it, but uh, the shape of the cut on their body didn't look right. Um, and so I was. I spent a lot of time researching. Okay, what other options are there out there um, for diverse gender expressions? And couldn't find anything. So hold up. What was your background before? So I moved to. So as you mentioned, I'm originally from Michigan. Yeah. Um, and I moved to New York city to go to college and I studied creative writing and English literature. What, what school? Uh, Barnard college, which is the women's college at Columbia. Okay, cool. Um, I always say I'm so gay. I coached field hockey and I went to an all women's college. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but at any rate, so, and then I got stuck in New York because I loved New York. New York's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Never left, (laughs) except now I'm here. Um, Temporarily. So you had a writing background, English. English. Were you planning on being a a teacher, a writer? What did you see your future as? Yeah, I worked as an editor for a literary journal for a little while. I worked as a freelance editor for a lot of online publications in the early days of um, sort of content farms, Uh if you will, online, and did some writing in that way. Um, And I also always as a field hockey coach, as a high school athlete, was always interested in, in coaching and athletics. And when I was transitioning away from being an editor, I became a personal trainer. Okay. Um, I'm still certified. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's an aspect. So moving into athleisure actually as gotcha. a component sure. makes a lot of sense. Connection. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, so was doing that and then was, was with a now ex-partner of mine and we were having these, this issue with underwear and I was just crazy enough to say, 
this doesn't exist. Cool. We need to make it. You had a per- you encountered the problem personally with someone that you loved. Yeah. And you were destined destined to figure it out for that person. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I don't know how you are about swearing on this, but I have a really bad potty mouth. But just effing figure it out yeah, is, yeah. is right how on, I live right my on. life. Yeah. We um, should. I should always be giving the adult <laughs> warning. But this podcast usually is adult, so okay, I don't good. mind. <laughs> no um, censorship. Here. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I was like. This was, you know, way back many years ago and was like, have to figure it out Mm -hmm. and took a few years in, especially being in New York, you have the garment district, you have the Fashion Institute of Technology, Mm -hmm. which is a great, great institution with a lot of continuing education resources, um, which is really cool. And so I started like taking classes and just meeting people um, and just figuring it out. And in 2000, in the fall of 2014, um, what we were the first and only gender equal underwear company to show at lingerie fashion week. Wow. Very cool. Which was really awesome. So did you, so it's in 2014. So you've been in six years. If yeah. Not more. Yeah. So, um, we launched in 2014 and then had a really amazing 2015. And then I had had a previous business partner that I was doing this with and we decided to go our separate ways in January of 2016. Um, and so actually put the the company on hold for about two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. About a year and a half. Just trying to find another partner uh, or work through all of the messiness of that. that, Um, and also I did want to find another business partner. Uh Um, I think, you know, this isn't an entrepreneur's podcast, but even as a creative, bring that all that stuff. Yeah. And like bouncing something off of another person, having someone that has an external eye and has mm-hmm. a skill set that you don't have mm-hmm. that could complement your your skill set. I really appreciate having a team and having a business partner. Um, so I was definitely looking for someone, and I love this part of the story. So so Liz, my current co-founder, um, we have been friends for many many years. Actually, you know, she knew my previous business partner, and we just really get along and blah, blah. And Liz has been in fashion for 20 years, as I think I mentioned previously. And I was talking to her about, okay, I'm on the hunt for a new partner and these are my skill sets. And this is the skill set that I'm looking for in terms of, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out how to do everything. Oh man! So I could spend time figuring out this stuff, uh-huh. but I don't want to, it's yeah. not interesting to me. I'd rather find someone who those are their passions mm-hmm. And they know or they want to figure it out and they mm-hmm. can do it. And so we were going down this list because, you know, she's in fashion. So we were discussing it and she was like, well, I do that and I do that and I do that other thing. Why don't I just be your business partner? And I said, are you serious? Because if you're serious, I am dead serious. And she was like, I'm dead serious. And so we were like, okay. That's Let's cool. do this. Yeah, and she um, has had been in corporate fashion for for almost you know that whole twenty years for for that amount of time. And as we discussed before, corporate fashion or fashion being very very white, very thin, very stereotypical in that way. You know, air quotes beauty standards. Um, and she was like, at one point, she was like, I just. I'm not passionate about it, and I don't know how to sell another pink ruffled skirt Mm. to another person. I don't want to be doing this. I want to be true to myself and true to who I am as a queer, non-binary person and, you know, do something for my community and make a difference. And I was like, let's do it. That's really cool. You're speaking to a lot of important themes that Brave Maker 
talks about. I mean, your team and the people that you choose to partner with are crucial. It's, it's make or break. And if you have somebody who is pulling, you know, as an anchor to the company and holding you back, I mean, that's just not going to move forward. And you can't have, you have to, it's like what they say, they say like hire, slow, fire, quick, right? Yes, absolutely. And so if somebody is not pulling their weight and or just toxic, it's like they have to go, get out. Yeah. And anybody who's been on a set uh, or who's been in a team or a workplace or in a classroom knows that they can, that squeaky wheel, you know, can really ruin things and also affect you emotionally. And like this, it's not, life is short. Life is too precious exactly. to have that kind of per- person and uh, toxicity in your life. So it's cool to hear that you were able to like make those decisions quickly. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we, you know, it's amazing to have a team behind you and you really, you need that support, you know? And so we have a social media, a PR and social media manager, um, that works for us. And he's, we got connected through him. I don't even know, like just reaching out to people. We're looking for PR he identifies as gay, he's African-American, and, like, so what we do, another thing in our, you know, inclusion and diversity is that we we are really, it's not just about being, showing diversity and being diverse, it's having that inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. And so we really want to support voices that have historically not had a voice, right? So we really try and hire and work with queer people of color mm-hmm. as as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that your, um, yeah, your, your company is a, I mean, uh, whoever thought I'd be talking about underwear on the Brave Maker podcast. <laughs> and so I want to talk a little bit about those, about those details. So, uh, athleisure, um, so you, you, on, on the, um, site, they're labeled in very certain ways. It's like pouch yeah. or, or whatever. Talk about that yeah. because it's just unique. Well, so we don't use gender on our website, uh-huh. right? So, so it's we, not like male exactly. underwear, women underwear, panty, whatever, right? Exactly. Okay. So we don't have a men's section uh-huh. and we don't have a women's section uh-huh. because it's clothes. It's a style. Who cares? When yeah. you go shopping and especially Gen Z, um, and I have a funny story about someone that we know. I said we were going to embarrass people. I won't say his name. I can tell you after. Okay. Um, who showed up to go to like awesome, amazing straight young man, 17 years old, who showed up to go to his dance, like his high school dance one night, um, and was at Sheila's house taking photos and was wearing this great blouse and everyone was giving him compliments on his blouse. And he goes, yeah, it's a women's blouse. You know, not my target LGBTQ demographic, but Gen Z, right? And yeah. he's like, yeah, it's a women's blouse because who cares? It looks great. Yeah. And I was like, you are proving my point right now. Uh-huh. Um, so it's about wearing what makes you feel good and what what you want to like look great in. Mm-hmm. And so why does it need to say it's men's or women's? Mm-hmm. But especially with underwear, there's shape difference, right? And mm-hmm. so we just offer a flat stitch front. So for us on our website, those are our boxer briefs and our bikinis and thongs. And then we offer pouch versions. So if you need, as some gay men, you know, like to say, ball space, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we have our trunks and our pouch bikini and our pouch thongs. So you have you have the same pattern mm-hmm. for this for yes. just in different styles. Exactly. Different fits. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, um, it's not, here's the blue ones and these yeah. are in the men's section and uh-huh. here's the pink ones and these are in the women's section. Mm-hmm. It's like, we specialize in prints. Uh, we work with LGBTQ plus artists to, uh, you know, commission or if they have a design that 
they love to digitize it and print it on the fabric and offer limited edition mm-hmm. designs. And then we um, do a licensing deal so that we can support the artists. Mm-hmm. So that's really fun. Very cool. Um, Liz is also by education, a painter, you know, many, many lifetimes ago. And so actually a lot of our current prints, she hand paints Wow. It is a painting. We digitize it and then print it on the fabric. Oh, fun. Sounds yeah. like you're having a lot of fun and you're being creative and entrepreneurial at the same time. Yes. <laughs> and, okay, and you're educating. So let's talk about this because I feel as if there's a lot of progression in understanding pronouns and understanding gender. I mean, I feel, gosh, I feel I've come a long way where now I feel a little uncomfortable with gender reveal parties and stuff. Uh, not that I'm against it in any way or people celebrating, you know, that they're, that they have a boy, you know, assigned at birth, right, however right. we want to say that. Um, but I think because what it does to people who don't feel as if they fit in a binary gender, when they see those things, Absolutely. how that affects them. That's what more of like what I take on now. Cause I'm like, wow, what I know is that these things, these stories that are put out in life or in movies or in whatever on people's timelines on in, in social media, it has an effect. So talk about that a little bit, um, why it's important for your company to, you know, educate people on pronouns and to give space for people who don't fit in non-binary genders so that someone who maybe feels like I, uh, this is crazy, this culture is going to pot. How did, how would you compassionately, if you can communicate? So if we're talking about maybe like communicating that aspect of, you know, if somebody is, is really like, no, there's only two genders and everyone has to fit into this box and whatever, whatever, you know, my question, and it's, I think the same question sometimes that goes to, to just being a gay person is, but do you care that much? Because it doesn't affect you directly how I live my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the beauty in being a person is that we each choose our own happiness and we choose how to, how to live our own lives. And so, why do we need to put people into boxes? And whether that's a straight and a gay box or whether that's a um, one gender or you know the opposite gender box, there's the gray area in everything, right? And so if it doesn't affect someone personally, then live and let live, you know? Um, but I think that it is very, it is very dangerous when you have sort of that toxic anger, which goes Mm -hmm. a little bit back to what we were mentioning before about someone that you might work with putting that toxicity into, Mm -hmm. into the atmosphere. And when Mm -hmm. it's on a society level, um, how do you, how do you manage it? But I think that it's also about protecting yourself, you know, like if you are uncomfortable, if you have a way of, Maybe you happen to be in a in a place where you're young and you can't find, uh, you know, you can't live the way that you feel that you you want to live to be true to yourself. If you can find just some safety in a you know a person that understands what you're going through, or in um, an LGBTQ center or something like that, um, so that you can you can try and just find a little bit of a light so that eventually, you know, in a couple years or whatever, you can get out or you mm-hmm. can find a way. Maybe it, maybe it even involves you, you 
building that, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can find community. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But it's really interesting because this is exactly something that when we talk to, we have a section of our website called Profiles in Pride that is a gallery of images. Um, And it's really incredible because when we do photo shoots, um, a lot of, a lot of these people are people that we know, right? And they, you know, getting in your underwear in front of a camera is nerve wracking, right? And so they come to the shoot and they're a little bit nervous. And then when they put on the underwear and on the clothes and it actually, you know, for the, sometimes for the first time, they like the underwear they're wearing. You just see their, their faces change and you see them light up. Um, and so we do this, these photo shoots in this gallery and then we ask them either in writing or on video sort of some questions. And one of the questions we ask them is like, you know, if you're speaking to your younger self or if you're speaking to any younger LGBTQ plus individuals that are struggling, you know, maybe they're being bullied or having a hard time, do you have any advice for them, you know? And so it's really getting everyone's different different answers, but it all comes down to be true to yourself. And as long as you, even if it's, you know, meditate, right? And like find that center in yourself to try and get through it and reach out to somebody and, or even find your community online, Mm -hmm. right? Which is why it's so important to us to exist and to tell people stories online so that if you really are isolated and you don't have anyone physically in, in where you live or your space, there's people online that are that are there and they're showing you like what we're showing is being a queer person and surviving and not just surviving, thriving, like right. doing amazing things. So we profile, you know, people who have started companies or who have um, started made films or or whatever. So. Yeah, that's such an important question. Very cool. Well, thanks. I love hearing the work. And we also have another connection with Christina Jackson, yeah. who's a part of the Brave Maker community. And I just, I'm loving that I get to learn so much from people in different walks of life. And Christina is a black, queer, disabled wheelchair user who's a singer and a songwriter and a model and a Miss Wheelchair California winner, and yeah. now she's. I'm helping her record a um, a song and getting her some representation for acting and modeling stuff. And now you're connected. She's killing it. Yeah, she was. We were texting last night. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, I have to go in for an audition." I was like, yeah. "Yes, yeah. amazing." It's really cool. Yeah. I feel like the world is so ready so ready to receive and embrace all different people. And we need to be cheering them on. And I think there's a sense too, like here I am, like a cisgendered straight white guy in in power (laughs) who's going like, I'm okay. Like if I can just pay my bill, I'm okay stepping aside a little bit and not being in the spotlight and helping elevate. It's also, it's not finite. Like everything in the world is infinite. It's not... You know, I think there's some meme that goes around Facebook or Instagram all the time. Like, wealth isn't pie. It's not my piece and you don't get a piece. Like, Mm -hmm. there's an infinite number of pieces. Exactly. But we have such a scarcity mentality. We we just feel as if we're always in competition. Yeah. And, you know, you, you see that with 
not only with companies or just people in general, but with our art and our creativity. And it's it's an unhealthy perspective. If we could Absolutely. just sit back and go, you know what? You're good. Like you said, what are you good at? What am I good at? Okay, can we partner? Totally. You know what I mean? If we're both good at the same thing, can we still partner? And if not, then we part ways and we, we're okay. Like that's just life. Yeah, yeah. But to take on all of that tension and feeling as if we're constantly trying to scratch at the wall to get a buck no way to live. Yeah. And if you're constantly like pushing others down and scratching at the wall, actually you're falling down as well. You know, like you're struggling too. But if we, if we all lift each other up, we all get somewhere, you know, and I have a really, really, really dear friend who's an artist and a filmmaker and a musician who I'm just, I've known for, for, oh my gosh, maybe nine years now, eight or nine years. And she constantly is always like, we all need to be pulling each other up. So absolutely. Heavy sugar. Thanks for being on the podcast. (laughs) Where can people find you and play out? Yeah. So you can check out our website, playoutapparel.com. And then you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at playoutnyc. Or on Facebook, it's just playout underwear. Playout is two words, but if you type in the website, it's Obviously, it's a website, Play Out Apparel. <laughs> and so we will have those links in the show notes. We'll put those out on our social media. You are in California, you said, for three more months. Yes. So if you're listening to this, this is February. We'll, we'll go out February 2020. You're here until May? Is yes. that right? Yes. May what, by the way? Uh, I'm driving across country, so that is open-ended. Okay, cool. So maybe I need to stay yeah, for Yeah, I was going to uh, say, May, yeah. we have our film fest <laughs> May 15 to 17. Maybe play out should be connected somehow. But I throw that out there. Abby's very accessible. She's staying in Redwood City, going to school at the Founders Institute in Palo Alto, yep. which we'll put a link in the show notes to that, too. Maybe totally. people can find out more about that. But I assume you want to talk and meet more people and get Absolutely. the word out and Absolutely. partner yeah. and collaborate. So reach out to Abby Sugar and thanks for talking about Playout. Thank you so much for having me on, Tony. It was really wonderful. Right on. And if you're listening to this, uh, we have a February 24th Monday night film screening in Redwood City. It's the Bay Area premiere of Burden, which goes nationwide March 2020, starring Forrest Whitaker and Garrett Hedlund. You don't want to miss it. Tickets are at bravemaker.org. Thanks, everybody. I already have my ticket, so I'll be there. Yes, yes. All right. And you get to meet Abby there. (laughs) Hey, thanks, Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Want to be social? Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Brave Maker Inc. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.